0: And welcome back to another episode of That's My Jam. My name is Emma. And I'm Addie. And today, we're discussing dreams instead of jam. Yeah.
1: So, this episode came about because we have gotten in the habit of sharing our craziest, weirdest dreams with each other, often just, like, shooting texts back and forth, like, you will not believe what happened in my dream last night. And in 2016, I started also recording my dreams on the memos in my phone which was a time to get out of my phone when I got a new phone (laughs) Um, because I had like 47 memos. We're not going to share all of them because that's way too many but we're going to go back and forth and share some of our dreams and we found a dream dictionary online that we're going to use to interpret some of the symbols in our dreams so we can try and guess at what they
0: might mean. So Addy is going to go first. Yes. Take it away, Addy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Alright. So, this first dream happened in 2016. In September. Not That's not crucial. I just
0: wanted you to know.
1: <laughs> For some frame of reference. <laughs> yeah, frame of reference. Um, and I texted you about it, like, literally the next day in, like, a six-part text. I think I have your text saved. Yeah. That's how I was able to retroactively enter it into my phone, is because you had saved, <laughs> you had, like, screenshotted the <laughs> oh, text. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, I had them. Um, cause it's like, it's an epic, crazy dream. Um, and Emma's actually in it. So that's fun as well. So it starts with, I'm sitting on a picnic bench outside our local playhouse where we used to do theater together and they were having an ice cream social, which they've never done in real life. (laughs) Um, but in the dream they were having an ice cream social, social and my younger brother was there with me and for whatever reason, I was like awkwardly trying not to interact with people. So I'm, like, avoiding eye contact, and we're going through the ice cream bar, and I'm trying to look normal as I'm, like, putting, like, ice cream and toppings in my little, like, bowl. But, um, I keep messing it up, because, like, no matter where I stand, I'm, like, always in someone's way. And I keep mixing up the serving spoons, so, like, I put, like, the chocolate one back in the cherry bowl, and I was like, dang it. And then I got a bunch of sticky stuff on my hands, just, like, brushing against various toppings and whatnot. And I somehow even accidentally dipped the end of my ponytail into chocolate sauce and, like, whipped it around (laughs) by accident and, like, hit someone with chocolate sauce. Anyway, so I'm, like, stressing out about this whole situation of how I can't get out of anyone's way and I'm, like, just making a mess. So I finally, I get the ice cream bowl and I go sit with my brother who's on his second cup of ice cream because somehow it changed from bowls to cups in the dream and I didn't notice, as can happen in a dream. (laughs) Yes. So we're sitting there and then this woman that we know from having done the theater there, who is, I need to say this now, super nice, and, like, has never said anything mean to me. But she sits down, and she says, oh, I see you two made yourselves at home. Like, aggressively, like, what are you doing here, kind of thing. And she's, like, staring at my brother's second cup of ice cream. Like, you're already on seconds? Like, how dare you, kind of thing. And I was like, um, excuse me. But then she goes on to say, so, like, what are you guys doing These days, you must be pretty busy if you can only get here for free ice cream. And I was like, what? (laughs) I know, like, so, like, aggressive. I know. (laughs) Which is, yeah, so this, this she's very nice. And she would never actually say this, even if she thought it. But, yeah. So I'm flustered and I'm mad. And so I lie to her about everything, I guess. I don't have details here. I just lied. And then she asked where you are, Emma, and why you're not there. And I said that you're on your way because I guess you are. And I knew that. Um, And she, like, pats my hand and says, of course she is. Like, she doesn't believe me that you're coming. And I was like, that's super weird. Anyway, the dream, like, skipped forward in time. And it's the end of the night. And we're inside the Black Box Theater. But it kind of looks more like a McDonald's mixed with a Disney store. Like, there's this, like, wide open floor space that has squishy flooring. And there's this giant interactive screen on the wall. And... The walls are really colorful, and they look a bit like Ariel's Grotto, like, in the ride, where it's, like, that weird teal Mm. stone color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's this weird half wall that separates the flat room from this other room of picnic tables, because somehow we're inside now, even though we were outside. But anyway, everyone's kind of leaving or talking, and then there's this bunch of shoes in the flat part of the room, and they're all black. And mine are missing from the pile of shoes, and they're also black, I guess. So I'm trying to find them, and... I'm going, like, lifting up random people's shoes trying to find mine, and I can't find them, and nobody's helping me. And my brother is treating it like it's a joke, and he's handing me, like, men's shoes that are, like, five sizes too big for me. Like, are these yours? (laughs) (laughs) What a jerk. And then you arrive, Emma arrives, and you're like, I like
0: how I came at the end. (laughs) I mean, I do, I am late, so maybe... But, like... Maybe in your dream you're just like, (laughs) well... I don't know. But you, but you came...
1: And you're like, Addie, it's time to go, and I tell you that my shoes are gone, and you're the only one who starts helping me look. Mm -hmm. So, that was very nice of you. And then, as soon as you start helping me, everyone, even my brother, just, like, disappears. And suddenly, um, the guy who, one of the guys who's, like, one of the head people in the theater, he's standing in front of us, and he says, are your shoes that important? And I was like, yes. And he sighs and presses this button on the wall, And the interactive screen thing, like, splits in half and slide open, revealing shelves and shelves of shoes. And he says, I steal a pair from someone at every event. (laughs) And I say, oh, okay, just like your brother does. And he's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because somehow that's completely normal.
0: Clipomania runs in the family.
1: Yeah, and I was like, okay. And he nods and then hands me some tap shoes. And they're not my shoes, but they're the right size.
0: And I don't want to be ungrateful, so I just put them (laughs) on. So I put them on. Who would be ungrateful after he stole my <laughs> shoes? Yeah, so we thank him,
1: and you're like, but we need to go now. Okay, bye. And then we're leaving. We're, like, going towards the door, and these, like, really big, scary dudes, they look like, like they're in, like, business suits, so they kind of look like they could be working for the mob. And they come in, and they lock the door behind them, so that way... Because they're there to talk to the dude who stole my shoes. But they, like, completely ignore us, but we're locked in now, and we can't <laughs> leave. So we look, like, we stand at the door, and we're watching them have this conversation. And they're talking about something he did, and we're just like, should we leave? Should we call someone? Like, what do we do? Anyway, all of a sudden, they attack him. And then two of them, like, see us standing there. And so they, like, start to come towards us. And then, this is the probably the weirdest part of my dream, but I panic, and I yell out a quote from Psych. One of our, one of my favorite TV shows, and I, I say, confuse them with our sick syncopation, and I just start frantically tap dancing like Gus does in Psych. and then you ignore that, thankfully, and you just completely kick their asses like you throw two punches and they are down and out. It was amazing, and then I think you are trying to drag me to like the other side of the room where there's a like a staircase that leads up onto the wall where there's another door, but while we're making our way there, the other mobsters kill the shoe stealer dude and his body like rises up from the floor because all of a sudden he's been possessed by the theater <laughs> <laughs> who starts like making things move around the room like full-on like poltergeist situation like the the house like the theater is like attacking the mobsters and we're trying to climb this wall and escape and he like grabbed onto my ankle you- one of our ankles You were ahead, so he grabbed onto my ankles, and he's, like, trying to pull me down off the staircase, and then you, like, you made sure I was holding onto the wall, and you did, like, this, like, fancy, like, swing down and, like, kicked him, but I distinctly remember that, like, as soon as he grabbed onto me, this, like, health bar appeared over his head, like, we're in a video game, and every time, like, I, like, kicked him in the face, and then every time, like, you managed to hit him, it would go down, but then as soon as, like, we weren't hitting him, it would start coming back up, like, it was, like, immediate. So we were, like, trying to, like, wear down this health bar. And I think I woke up before, like, we defeated him. But, yeah. So the theater was possessed, and shoes were stolen. Passive-aggressive ice cream conversations happened.
0: And it's strange <laughs> because that's, like, eight years after we ever set foot in that, like, black box or anything. I
1: know! I like, hadn't been in a, a show... I hadn't been in a show there in... Well, this was 2016, and I don't think I've been in a show there since 2011. Yeah. So that was very, very strange. Also, the theater is not involved with the mob. <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's make that clear. Yeah, let's make that really clear. So, for the analysis. <laughs> so, dreaming of a dramatic performance represents feelings about having to impress people with a believable or convincing public display. Hmm. But negatively dreaming about a dramatic performance represents projecting yourself in a dishonest way, which you feel you need to be believable. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, then, let's add another layer. (laughs) Clothing. I couldn't find specifically shoes. Oh, okay. But clothing, I mean, obviously, but makes (laughs) sense. It's saying it represents, like, the attitude of persona that you wear in public. So, it's saying that dreaming about clothing represents the role you play in life and how your identity undergoes transformation. So, losing it you're, like, forced to reveal something about yourself or you're put in a situation that made you feel uncomfortable or vulnerable. Oh.
1: And this is all backed up by the fact that that lady was being so mean to me at the ice cream
0: thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I guess just desserts in general, supposedly, is, like, related to how you're exploring fulfillment in your life. And then the idea of getting your just desserts. <laughs> um So the, like, types of food are connected to your idea of, like, success in your life or, like, rewards in your life for achieving something. So I feel like it's very, (laughs) like, (laughs) I don't know, like, maybe you are feeling like you're being forced to, like, or you're tired of, like, projecting some, like, image of yourself to someone or something. Or it's, like, stressing you out and then you're, like, worried about... Like reaching or achieving some goal. Mm,
1: that was the year, I said September 2016, right? Yeah. That was I had just graduated I know. from school and was taking a strange gap year. So that <laughs> might be pretty accurate because I was like, I don't know where I'm going right, right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So that's that's my take on it's it. It's a lot less fun than the actual dream. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so All right. reflect on that as you will. <laughs> Um. So
1: yes. What is your first dream you're gonna share? So
0: I have. I don't dream as much as Addie. I mean, I I'm sure I do. I just don't remember them. And I know I have some written. I feel like a lot of them are probably on my old computer or like in actual journal journals. And I straight up did not take the time to find them. <laughs> so I mean, we could always do a part two to this. We
1: probably will. In, like, I mean, we're gonna the, keep the next dreaming season
0: or something. But yeah. um. Mine are all from within the last, like, six months, because that's what I have on my phone. So, one of the weirdest ones that I had, I'm assuming, was the night of October 3rd, Mm. 2020. So, my husband and I were living in basically what looked like Norman Bates's house. (laughs) Like, or like a house from The Conjuring. Like, you just know... Like, why would you move there kind of house, you know? Yeah. Like, a two-story super old house, and then it's, like, foggy outside for no reason, and, like, super far away from anybody else. And we wanted to have this guy over to our house, um, and in parentheses, it says, Can't remember why. He might have been a maintenance guy, but he looked like a teenager. (laughs) So that's a thing. Um, So apparently, we'd, like, never had anyone over. I don't know if we just moved there or something but we wanted to have this specific person over and i don't remember why. And so the night he was supposed to come, we like were like running around and like cleaning and making everything all nice, and then he like never showed up within the window that he said he was going to show up. So then it was like late, you know, 11, and i'm like, "Well, clearly he's not coming." So i remember we're upstairs and i had like this like fancy like dressing gown with like the robe thing like all the ladies and all those horror movies are always like running around in some weird like fancy nightgown yeah creepy house (laughs) um and so i was like getting ready for bed and then we hear a knock on the door downstairs and i'm like no 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 don't do it the window of opportunity has closed for the exactly to be here (laughs) i'm like he has no reason to be coming here like 11 o'clock at night and so i made adrian go downstairs obviously (laughs) to open it and no one was there But then he came back up, and he's like, no one was there, but I also forgot what the guy looks like, that he's supposed (laughs) to be here. (laughs) And so I'm like, you know, you wouldn't recognize him anyway then. Right. Like, if there was someone at the door, how do we know it was the guy that we wanted? Right. And so then (laughs) we had this whole conversation about, like, so anyone could have come to our house tonight, and we would have just let them in, assuming that it was this guy that we had wanted. So that was kind of creepy. Yeah. And then my... Dad, like, randomly appeared. Was it your dad, though? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And how did I know? Um, And, or no, Adrian, yeah. My dad, like, randomly appeared, like, downstairs somewhere where we were, like, having this whole conversation. Hmm. And he forgot his keys, like, in the lock of his door. And so he went outside, but then apparently the front of our house had, like, a parking lot. Like, a straight (laughs) up, like, normal parking lot. And so he's in the parking lot getting his keys from the truck, and I'm, like, waiting in the, like, entryway thing, like, watching him. And I recognize this dude, like, the dude who was supposed to come over. Mm. I recognize him in a car, like, on the other side of the parking lot. Mm. And he's talking to this creepy guy. And then in my head, I realized that they were going to try and get into our house and, like, break in while the door, like, because the door was open and I was standing there. And my dad had his back turned to them or whatever. So, then I was, like, trying to get my dad without, like, letting them hear me. Because it was unclear. Like, I don't think they saw me. I think I just knew that they were out there because they were planning on breaking in. Right. And so, I was trying to get my dad's attention without, like, calling for him. And then trying to get him to come in. But then he was taking so long to walk back to me. And I was, like, freaking out. And then he was just like, oh, go ahead and close the door. Like, I'll open it when I get there. Like, the front door. And I'm like no, you need to leave now, and you need to come in here now. And then, all of a sudden, it, like, switched, and I was standing in the kitchen of this house, but it looked like my grandparents' kitchen, and the guy who was... the creepy guy, who the guy who was supposed to come over was talking to, switched into Donald Trump. What? And they're both standing in our kitchen, (laughs) like this maintenance teenager and Donald Trump. (laughs) And, And we were in the kitchen... And I was held hostage. Like, I had, like, my hands tied to, like, a chair thing. And the guy who wasn't Trump was looking through the fridge, like, eating our food right in front of me. And God. I was like, that's rude. And my, I mean, this was, I mean, not not to get super political on this podcast, but this was, like, a week and a half before the election. So, anyways, I'm standing there. Trump's in my kitchen. <laughs> and the other guy isn't paying attention. And I think he's, like, humming to himself or something as, like, he goes through the fridge. And so I grab... Specifically, a black Bic ballpoint pen. And I quietly stabbed Trump in the neck six times. Oh my god. And once in the eye. Oh my god! (laughs) And then he died and he's like falling to the ground and I'm like trying to get him... I don't know how I got my hands free, but whatever. I'm like (laughs) trying to get him, lower him to the ground without the other guy like hearing it. Like full-on spy movie. Because he's still in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, full-on spy movie. Yeah. And then... The other guy realized Donald Trump died um, because he, like, loudly hit the floor. And so the other guy started to run after me and was, like, chasing me through the house. Oh, my God. But then cut to me at a different house, <laughs> which I think was supposed to be my parents' house, but it didn't look like my parents' house. And I was feeling, I was, like, so guilty because I killed somebody and I couldn't remember if I had gotten rid of, like, evidence, no. even though it's, like, it's literally my house. Like, my fingerprints would be all over the house. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like confessed to my parents, because appara- I don't know where my dad had gone, but apparently he didn't know that I had killed Donald Trump, mm-hmm. because we were sitting in their living room and the news came on about how Donald Trump died, or just that he died. Right. And I was like, oh my god, I should tell them that it was me. <laughs> um, and so I asked them, I was like, have you guys heard anything about Trump recently? And then my mom was like, no. And then it was like dead silent. And then I was like, I killed him. <laughs> And then they had absolutely no reaction. What? And I went on this whole monologue about how scared I was that I was going to get caught and I was (laughs) going to go to prison and all this stuff. And my mom was like, did you wipe down all the door handles to get rid of fingerprints? And then I couldn't remember. And I was so anxious knowing that it was like, my days were numbered until I was going to get caught for this, like, crime. Right. And then I woke up, like, feeling so guilty. Where, I don't think I thought, like, I obviously, like, woke up and I was, like, out of the dream already, but I still, like... I felt like I did something wrong in real life. And then I was like, wait, that was my weird Donald Trump dream. <laughs> um, and it was very hyper-realistic. Like, me stabbing him in the neck specifically six times was, like, creepily realistic yeah. and really disturbing. Yeah. And so that's that's my dream. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so here I comes... I feel like we're, like, in Trelawney's I know. <laughs> like, classroom reading our tea leaves. Give me the teacup. <laughs>
1: Um, so I, okay, I first looked up the number seven, because you stabbed him seven times. Well, six times in the neck, once in the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, let's see what seven is about. So it says it can be associated with religion and stages or cycles in life. It can be luck and reward, uh, like the phrase, seventh heaven. But it also appears as a representation of fate or simply relying on opportunity rather than making concrete decisions.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So I'm not sure if that is applicable. But the other thing I looked up was being chased, like in a dream. And apparently it's super common for people who are 20-something entering the workforce. Because when that's your age, you're uncertain about the code of conduct or the behaviors that are required of you. The fast pace at which we may be forced to adopt new identities in the workplace brings a past way of being in opposition with a new way of being. And then being chased reflects the non-integrated aspects of your evolving identity currently in conflict. So it happens frequently when we're moving or making significant changes to our identity. Also, it says if you are the pursuer or attacker in a dream, which it's a fine line. I mean, you did kill someone in this dream, mm-hmm. but they kidnapped you. <laughs> right. So, but anyway, yeah. So if you have a dream that you're attacking someone else, it's... Um, it could be see, it's like, like an assassination. Mm-hmm. You might consider whether you are allowing something to continue that your psyche may see as an assassination of character. Mm-hmm. So how you felt about being the attacker will determine whether, one, there is remorse in the sense that subconsciously you know you are killing off an important part of you that shouldn't be discarded, or two, neutral, because you know that what has passed is no longer necessary. Mm-hmm. And then if you dream your life is being threatened, The dream is exploring how you are letting go of a side of you that is no longer appropriate or that you must let pass on. Um, Killing is also on here. When killing is a theme of a dream, you may need to address self-defeating behavior and quote, put it to rest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all of it is talking about like you're moving through change and you are trying to maybe let go of some things.
0: Yeah, I feel like that could probably (laughs) describe any dream I've had since graduating high school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, I think I can concretely say that the reason you were dreaming about these random houses was because it was October and you were about to watch some horror movies.
0: I do feel like, (laughs) I'm sure this was like a night or two after, like I watched The Conjuring or something. Because the fact that it was October, yeah, that's haunted. Plus, all the scary movies I like are always like haunted housey ones, so. Yeah. My brain was like, hmm, let's put you in there and see what happens.
1: (laughs) And then you also said it was like right before election week, so that's why mm-hmm. those two were conflated. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, what a stressful time. Yeah, it sounds like a real stressful time. Um, I have a stressful one that was again September in 2017. Um, so there was this white-haired scientist, which was basically the guy from Stranger Things, Matthew Moden in Stranger Things, but I, and I was a teenager. So, I wasn't the age I was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm in some weird rooftop apartment in like a skyscraper with like glass walls and doors and these like long, flowy white curtains. And there's this rainstorm outside. And. Sorry, I was reading these notes. But this is bad grammar. <laughs> Being sniper at. <laughs> I think. Oh, we were. Someone was shooting at us. There was a sniper.
0: Oh, okay. He was snipering
1: at us, <laughs> I guess. So we were hiding behind flower boxes and walls on the patio because there's a bunch of snipers coming after us. I think because the white-haired scientist is... It was like some like post-apocalyptic thing where he's like he's in charge and he's coming after people in this weird post-apocalyptic world. And I'm like in the rebellion with a bunch of other teenagers. I don't know. So anyway, we're being shot at and we have to surrender. And this henchman rounds us all up in the room... And he shoots me first. Mm-hmm. And the sound of the gunshot makes me scream, and I fall. But there wasn't actually a bullet, and it didn't actually kill me. It didn't even hit me. I was just freaked out. Um, and the guy behind me gets shot, though, and he falls. And so then his blood is, like, pooling around us both, and it's, like, underneath me and, like, in my mouth, and then everyone else is shot while I'm lying there pretending to be dead. And then I was gonna... I think I was just gonna leave when... They were gone, but, like, there's just more henchmen keep coming in. And they're sent to watch the bodies to make sure we're dead. And the guy who's, like, the rookie who's, like, put in this room to watch all of us while they go, like, get a truck or whatever, he puts his chair, like, right behind me where he's, like, near me. So he, I'm sitting there lying still for hours, and the pool of blood is oh, getting God. cold. And it was awful. And then I realized that one of my friends is hiding behind the curtain. Like, they hid instead of getting shot. They're hiding behind a curtain. So, I jump up because I think that the, the rookie henchman guy is going to notice. And so, he's freaked out because literally a corpse just came to life after hours. <laughs> and so, he starts fighting me. And then, two there was actually two people hiding behind the curtains. And they jump out to help me. And then, I guess we convince him to switch to our side. Like, we don't kill him. We just, like, overpower him and then convince him that he needs to join our rebellion. And he does. So... Two kids randomly show up at this place because they've been invited to a party, so they claim. And I'm suspicious because I think they're actually here to clean up the bodies and kill any survivors and witnesses, and I'm totally right. <laughs> because I think they try and pull a gun on us and we capture them. And then their parents and some medics show up. And I'm like, "Don't want to deal with this." <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess this is the breaking this point. This is the <laughs> final straw. <laughs> so, I, like, one of the medics comes over. I'm trying to leave. And one of the medics comes over and calms me down and has me sit. But then that's when the white-haired scientist man arrives. And he's their boss. But they don't know he's evil. And so I kind of freak out. And I start, like, trying to, like, figure out how I'm going to get out of this. And I guess, I don't know. Like, it was time for me to go home. But I wanted proof that the white-haired scientist guy is the one who shot at us. So I ask one of the girls who is hiding behind the curtain if she has... I don't know why. She has this weird, like, golden Greek coin with, like, an owl on it. Mm -hmm. And I guess it had a video camera inside it. And I was like, do you? I I don't know. (laughs) Um, So she was like, I was like, do you have this? Because I know the room video cameras aren't going to have the footage we need. But then when we go to, she says she doesn't have it, but the rookie henchman guy had it for some reason. So we go to look for him, but we can only find, like, these random black and white photos and a different greek coin so i guess the first one was supposed to represent artemis and then the second one was supposed to represent hermia Mm. i don't know why but they're on his rooftop hiding spot just like there like a bunch of old photos and a coin and then i guess we switch places like we switch time and places so all of a sudden we're staging a coup and we're pulling guns on the scientist man and then a bunch of other like henchmen people and then The henchmen are asking, like, why we're so intent on rebelling. It's very conversational for, like, (laughs) I guess, like, a fight. And so I start... I tell them about the scientist and how he's been killing people. And he tries to grab the barrel of my rifle to kill me. Because he knows the scientist wants me dead. But I don't shoot him. I just back away. And then he gives this, like, creepy smile. Because he knows I'm not going to kill him. So then he tries to, like, take my gun again. And then someone else tries to shoot him. And then... I dropped my gun and started crying. And then I woke up. (laughs) Oh my god. It was a very emotionally draining, stressful dream. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what was going on. It was a lot of disjointed drama. And I don't know what the Greek coins were about, but (laughs) there was some overarching Greek myth mystery happening. I don't know. But yeah, most of it was me lying in a pool of cold blood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's intense. I know. That's... That to me is a lot more like... Hardcore than me stabbing Donald Trump in the next six times.
1: But the thing is, like, I don't know, like, I... Even though a lot of my dreams are really vivid, when I wake up, I hardly ever have... I mean, I'll have, like, for a, a split second, I'll have, like, the emotional after effect of it. But I never... I hardly am ever jolted awake or mm-hmm. it doesn't stick with me for that long. There was one time, though, I remember, like, as a kid, I had a dream that my pet horse died. I don't have a horse. Um, at the time, I don't even it's think I. Had. Died. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I woke up and I, I was already crying. and so I just sobbed for a solid like five minutes before I remembered I don't have a pet horse. Oh my God. Yeah, so I don't know what that was about either. And so, but yeah, like that hardly ever happens to mm-hmm. me. And this didn't do that. Like I didn't wake up feeling, I mean, I felt awful for a split second and then I was like, none of that was real. And then I was like, I need to write it all down, Mm -hmm. basically. Because I was like, there are some good details (laughs) I could maybe use later for my own writing. But, yeah. So I didn't have, like, the intense guilt that you said you felt afterward. Mm
0: -hmm. Like,
1: or if I did have, like, a a strong emotion, it, like, dissipated rather
0: quickly. Yeah, my stress dreams usually, like, are, I feel very stressed when I wake up. Mm -hmm. And then, until I realize it was a dream. Yeah. But it, like, had, it does have, like, a little bit of carryover, I feel like. Um, well, coins. Okay. Did you know that a coin is a symbol of value? (laughs) I Um, would never have guessed. (laughs) And how it appears in your dream will offer clues as to how you may increase your sense of (laughs) 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 self-worth. So, if someone gives you a coin, Mm -hmm. it'll suggest understanding. Um, Finding a coin suggests that you're not acknowledging your own value. I had both of those. Yeah. Okay. And then an older antique coin. Yeah can symbolize how you need to get back to your roots. You might re-explore who you were when you were younger in order to find more value in what you do. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. But it is weird, because you had, like, three out of the four, like, (laughs) coin specifics that this thing talks about. I'm surprised they had antique coins in there. Yeah. That's cool. Because, yeah, I don't know why those
1: antique coins were in my dream in the first place. I mean, like, I I like Greek myths, and I might have been... Be reading Percy Jackson at the time. I <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. But like,
0: yeah. Well, That's clearly funny. you need you need it to get back to your roots. Yeah. Um, and then blood. Yeah. So blood dreams often seem frightening, yeah. but it's actually a good dream <laughs> about opening you to your power to feel. <laughs> okay. So blood appears in dreams when we need a wake up call to interact with life more deeply. When you see blood on yourself. Oh, no, you didn't have it on yourself in a dream. No, I did. Well, I guess you... Oh, yeah, you were laying in it. Yeah. It's an image of your free-flowing life force breaking through emotional restraints as feelings come to the surface.
1: My feelings of (laughs) (laughs) self-worth.
0: All right. Yeah. So, (laughs) I guess the moral of the story here is to go back to your roots, but also to... Increase your sense of self-worth.
1: And to get over how much, how afraid I was in that dream. Because it was actually a good one.
0: Yes. It's (laughs) actually a very positive dream. (laughs) It's like Ron's whole thing. With the teacup. You're gonna suffer, but you're gonna be happy about it. Exactly. (laughs) Alright. So, I have another stress one. Okay. Because I feel like most of the ones, probably 90% of the ones I remember are stress dreams. Because that's... How my brain works. <laughs> so, this was October 17th of 2020. So okay. It like two weeks after the other one. That was a, a month for dreams, I guess. <laughs> so, this one was a Hunger Games slash Purge style dream. Oh. Where I was on this college camp, like a huge college campus with a huge group of people. And I'll just say his first name because I know he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but then also people won't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not his first and last name, but he's Jack. A- oh, yeah! Um, was there. And he was a theater director. Yes, he's one of our theater he directors. He is. He's still alive. That yeah. sounds <laughs> Um He was there. And I don't know. Like, it just started, like, in the middle of this weird purge situation where it had the sirens and everything... But then it was Hunger Games in the sense that, like, one person was supposed to be alive at the end. Oh, my goodness. And so people were, like, running through the campus trying to take each other out. And so I was, like, running under the bleachers to the football field. And I see someone, like, huddled in the corner, and it's Jack. (laughs) And we, like, stare at each other for, like, an uncomfortably long amount of time because we're, like, one of us has to kill the other one. And we were scared that someone would see us and then force us to... Because you weren't supposed to, like, team up or anything. Right. And everyone had these, like, little razor knife things. So it wasn't even, like... Like, you gotta get close to someone. But also, it's like, you could just run past somebody and kill them in two seconds because you can't even see it. Oh, my God. So super disturbing. And it was, like, a big count. I guess kind of like the purge where you only had, like, an hour or something. And then... I don't know what happened (laughs) if only, like, what if more than one person was still alive at that time? I don't know. But, um, so there was, like, this big, like, countdown thing in the sky with, like, the time counting down. And so we were trying to figure out what to do, and we were talking, for some reason we knew the names of, like, every single person on this campus. (laughs) And we figured out that there was, like, 8 to 12 people left. Out of, like, a hundred to begin with, apparently. Dang. Apparently, he was able to, like, keep tabs on this underneath the bleachers. <laughs> and so we were trying to figure out what to do. And so we decided to, like, go out from the bleachers. And we are trying to find the astronomy tower that oh. apparently this college campus had. And so we're running up the tower. And we have to kill, like, two people on our way up to the tower. And we get to the tower. And we open the door. And there's, like, 20 people just hiding in the tower. <sighs> and it reminded me of... I don't remember the context for it. But there's that one scene there's that battle in Game of Thrones where Oh everyone's in the crypt. Sansa. Yeah. Yeah. With like Cersei and all them. Is Cersei down
1: there? There's two different times where they hide Yeah. Downstairs. One it was one of the earlier times.
0: With the it's the one with I sorry. It's the bay.
1: Yes. the that King's one. Landing Bay. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, it reminded me of that, because they're all just, like, chilling, and apparently they'd made, like, this pact ahead of time of, like, oh, we're gonna meet in the Astronomy Tower. And they didn't want to let us in, because they thought we were gonna kill them. Mm -hmm. And we're like, no, actually, we'd like to be, we'd like to join you up here and wait till the clock runs out. So then, someone said, oh, you can only, we can only do that if you do a favor for me. And I'm like, okay, or they wanted both of us to do the favor. They gave you a side quest? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like, we literally have a countdown clock. Right. And you want me to leave this area and go do something else Mm. for you. And so they wanted it to be both of us, but then Jack straight up was like, no, I'm staying here, and he just goes and sits in the tower, (laughs) and they just let him, and I'm like, I guess I'll do it then. Yeah, you don't argue with Jack. Yeah. So they (laughs) wanted me to break into someone's dorm room and grab something, I don't remember what it was, and bring it back to them, and they like made the argument that the dorm room was, like, super close to this tower, so, like, I would have time. The thing wouldn't run out. So down the stairs I go, and, like, a bunch of them gave me, like, their... Because apparently, like, whoever sponsored this event gave us these little razor things. Mm. So everyone had one. So they all gave me a bunch, and I kind of, like, Wolverine it. <laughs> and so I had, like, a couple... So I was feeling a little bit better, I guess, because I was like, well, now I have more than one... That I can kill people with or whatever. So I'm running over there. I get into the dorm rooms, like, wide open. And I'm, like, looking around for this thing. And then I remember... I guess this is kind of already interpreting my dream, but I think it's relevant. (laughs) This was the night that we had done the Discord thing and played Among Us. Oh, yeah. And it was the one where I was the imposter (laughs) successfully. Right. And so I think that's why the second half of this dream exists. But I was in there... And someone came in while I was in there. While you were doing a task. Yeah, while I was doing a task. (laughs) And for some reason they didn't see me. I don't know how big this dorm room was. But I had to sneak out through the window. And it was like this huge stressful thing. Because I hate that in movies too. Like, even when you know that whoever's trying to like, you know, break into this high security thing. It's like, and someone starts to come up the stairs or whatever. It's like, you know they're going to get out. But it's still so stressful anyway. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Where like, I knew I was going to get out. But then I was like, oh, my God, they're going to know that I'm the imposter. And I like, why am I in the dorm room? And I was really stressed about it. So then I got out through the window. And out of the window, there was, like, this ladder thing, much like the one in the movie Sleepover. That huh. they used to get out of the window with the flowers oh, on it. Oh, yeah, the... Um, the trellis. There you go. Yeah, That's the one. So I climbed down there. And right as I climbed down there, the countdown thing ends. And it's, like, dead quiet on this campus. Like, I don't see anyone running around, the sun's starting to come up, they must have planned it so, like, it means <laughs> it's sunrise, right. and then I woke up.
1: Huh. Before we interpret that... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a, there's um, a lot to unpack there.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> um, we should talk about the conventions of dreams, like, how you knew you were going to escape, even though in real life you would have no way of knowing, like, for sure
0: you would mm-hmm. be escaping from the window. Yeah, it's um, like my brain was like, clearly you're going to escape, but we're going to make it a really close call yeah. anyway.
1: Like, you're almost, on some level, aware mm-hmm. you're dreaming, in a way, but it's not conscious enough for you to actually, like, act on it, really, mm-hmm. or it doesn't do enough to, like, calm you down. Because I've had... I, re- I remember having a, some, a a dream where someone was chasing me, and thinking, like, oh, man, I hope... Because it was, like, a weird, like, corridor situation where I was running down corridors and not sure where I, Like, alleyways and stuff, and I wasn't sure, like, of the path I was taking, mm-hmm. and thinking, I hope this corner isn't a dead end and I turn around the corner and it's a dead end and um, mm-hmm. and then I realize I thought that and it was so now I'm going to turn to the right and there will be a door and then mm-hmm. there's a door and then I'm like oh, I'm going to make it through it and slam the door in time so they can't follow me through it mm-hmm. and then I do that you know yeah so like t- on sometimes like sometimes you're lucky enough that you can start like actively acting on it without realizing that it's a dream still
0: yeah okay that's very strange but yeah you're right though because I was like aware that i had enough time to like open the window and crawl out yeah and it was like, so convenient because it was like super high up but there was this convenient trellis that i could like get out of it with yeah but, yeah it was odd and it mm. was spooky because it was like pitch black outside and it was like this huge college i don't, I don't even know what like, I'd never, I didn't recognize the college it was, so I was like, I don't know how to get around here. <laughs> and everyone has tiny little baby razors, and <laughs> <laughs> I would like to leave.
1: All right, for the interpretation, let's start with college, because you're on a college campus. Mm-hmm. Um, you of moving at college when you were going through a type of change that's teaching you something new about yourself, that's all it says. Um, and then, I was like, okay, the clock countdown... I thought must be very important, Mm -hmm. but I looked up a lot of clock words and only found an entry for clock. Because I was like countdown timer, like all that. Yeah. Um, But the clock can be associated with a sense of time and urgency, which yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who would have thought? (laughs) The alarm clock may be giving you a wake up call to acknowledge something. I feel like half of these dream dictionary stuff is like. Full on puns. <laughs> like, the alarm clock is a wake up call. Okay. And then, so, razors, I looked up and actually found some stuff. The razor in a dream expresses your attitude and perspective about the future and how you live the present. But the meaning depends on the context. So, you might want to break something that binds you to the past. You might want to try to recover in the present. Dreams with a razor can also suggest changes about certain dangerous habits or some transformation of attitudes. That endangers health. Dreaming of a knife symbolizes emotional and real pain at the moment. It sounds like the razors you were talking about were being used as knives, not like a shaving yeah. razor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if you're in a violent environment, it represents anger. So, the razor reflects the momentary memories of the past that you have experienced. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's related to the past. On this journey. <laughs> <laughs> To the past, no. um, it's a road <laughs> <laughs> That's our Anastasia interlude. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So that's the interpretation. Uh, maybe you were angry at the time. Um, and, yeah, and, because, <laughs> bro, I mean, yeah, we
0: there we're is, two weeks from election.
1: Mm, um, there's a sense of time and urgency about that.
0: Yeah, and and I think I was probably frustrated after playing Among Us that night. That's, yeah. Because I see how that one more directly relates, but the the whole, like, Purge Hunger Games thing was odd, because I haven't read-slash-watched that, like, anywhere near when I had that dream, so it was very... Yeah. It's a very weird setting for it that is, to take place in.
1: Yeah. It is strange how often, like... I mean, because, you know, like, sometimes if you watch a scary movie, then that night you have a nightmare.
0: Yeah. But
1: that usually doesn't happen to me. It's usually, like, I have the nightmare, like, weeks after, Mm. and it relates back to something that I watched or thought about or read, Mm -hmm. like, weeks ago. So I think that's very odd. Also, as some of my upcoming dream examples are going to show, I don't think, um, my dream perspectives are weird. Like... Sometimes I've had dreams where it's like I'm a character in the dream, but I'm not always me. I'm Mm -hmm. some like I think one time I had a dream where I was like a Viking man and then I was just that Viking man the whole dream. Um, but then like I've had dreams where I'm a person in it and then I become like a weird like camera lens, so I'm not like actively participating in the dream. So, are you
0: watching yourself in the dream?
1: No, I'm not watching me, I'm watching the actors in the dream, whoever they are, and I'm not really like. I'm not like it's like a different scene like I'm in the dream, but then it shifts scenes, and then I'm watching the other characters in the dream, mm. and then sometimes it'll shift back to me, but it's like I have this other knowledge of like having just watched like a scene from a movie mm-hmm. um like like I had a dream once where it was supposed to be this was back in high school, and I was when I was stressing out about learning how to drive mm-hmm. and I didn't have in the dream, I didn't have my license, so I couldn't drive myself yet. But my mom and dad were like, just go to the store, it's right down the street. You'll be fine. Drive the car there. And my brother got in the passenger seat and we're driving the car towards the store, and I'm freaked out because I'm like, if we if I get pulled over, I'm in big trouble. And then we see a cop car, and my brother yells, Duck! So we duck, and then the dream switches to the perspective of the cop in the car watching this car drive by with no one in it. Um
0: I've never had that happen to me. It happens
1: yeah, it happens to me all the time in my dreams, where it's like and then yeah, the the one I'm gonna talk about next has that where it's like I'm more of a camera than I am a character. Mm-hmm. So, yes. This next one was in
0: 2018. That's weird. You've done one for me too. But yeah.
1: It's May 2018. And it starts with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> but it's weird because, like, Hugh Jackman is not the character. He's just... It's not Hugh Jackman, but it is Hugh Jackman. You know we what I'm
0: have mentioned him in A three seconds. This is I the know. third <laughs> podcast,
1: <laughs> which is funny because, like, I honestly don't know why he was in my dream because this was 2018. Yeah. It's like I hadn't been rewatching X Men. Like, The Greatest Showman was not out. <laughs> I don't, and I was not like, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't maybe Lady Mis, but no, that was like 2015. I do think Greatest
0: Showman came out in 2018.
1: Okay, maybe it was earlier. I don't know, so but it, yeah, that's just random. So he's not Hugh Jackman. In the it the looks like Hugh Jackman. It looks like Hugh Jackman. And then later on, he changes into Robert Downey Jr. But that's another thing of, like, in the dream, it's like, you know someone is a certain person, even though the face is wrong or the name is wrong mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, sometimes I'll have dreams, like, with family members, and they don't look like my family members, but I know that yeah. this is them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so
0: weird. I know!
1: It's so strange. But yeah, Hugh Jackman is the leader of a kingdom, and they're in a castle in the sky which could be Mis Les- related. There's a Castle <laughs> in the Clouds. Um, but it's some weird, like, airship. Like, it's propelled, but, like, it's an airship situation. Mm-hmm. But it's a castle. So, like, the rock underneath the castle is somehow powered to, like, lift it up into mm-hmm. the air. So, he's leader of a kingdom, and he's got knights. And so, it's, like, medieval. So, someone's attacking the castle, and they're in, like, airships, like, more like spaceship kind of things. So, it's, like, this medieval castle being attacked by, like, spaceships. And the attackers are looking for a little girl. But it's, okay, I think during the attack, Hugh Jackman's wife had a daughter before or during the attack. I don't remember. But Hugh Jackman's off fighting the spaceship people. And she's somewhere in the castle and she gets killed. And the attackers are winning in general. Um, So Hugh Jackman puts this, like, squire in charge of the baby girl. And then he just, like, disappears. So the attackers take over this castle ship thing. And then the previous people who lived there become prisoners. Or at least, like, servant people kind of thing. But no one knows that the girl is important except the squire. And then the squire keeps this girl hidden for, like, seven years. And she stays with this group of, like, other kids who were, like, orphaned during the attack. And she's looked after by the group. And then the attackers somehow find out. I don't, it doesn't, I don't know how. But they find out that there's this important kid who has special powers. It's the girl. And they round up the kids. Trying to find it. But because whatever name she has, they think it's a boy, not a girl. So she doesn't get found out. Um, and then the squire helps this girl escape by taking her hunting or on guard duty. I put that as a question mark. I don't remember how exactly they escape. Because if she, they find her, they then they can find Hugh Jackman. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's trying to stop them from doing that. So, I think we move... We shift time. And... The girl is older now, but maybe pretending to be a boy, but they're in this... She's in this big city on Earth, and she knows she has powers, and she's looking out... She's, like, looking for Hugh Jackman, her father. And she's in this, like... Like, the city on Earth is not medieval. It's, like, um... It looks like this huge junkyard that's, like, spaceship... Actually, think Thor Ragnarok, that space junk planet. It's more like that. And they're looking through the junkyard for parts, her and the squire... And she touches something that sets off an alarm. And so then a bunch of people, like, apparate. Like Harry Potter. like They just appear in a cloud of smoke. And it's, like, the leader of the spaceship people and some of his men. But the girls already started running, like, towards the exit. And then she's hiding in different pieces of the junk. And then she's trying to use her power to disapparate. But it's not working. And she keeps running and hiding and trying to disapparate. And it's not working. So she keeps having to run and hide and run and hide. And then this leader... He somehow consents where they are, so he's just, like, calmly walking through the junkyard, slowly catching up to them. Super creepy. Um, And I'm pretty sure he had, like, a cloak that was... Of course he did. (laughs) Of course he did, right? Um, And I made a note. The leader wears blue, has really creepy blue eyes, and, yeah, the cape. (laughs) Um, So then the girl, who now... Now I'm the girl. So it took this long for me to, like, be a person in the dream. Mm -hmm. I was just weird camera angles before... Um, I'm distracted by the fact that the leader is getting much, much closer, but I'm still trying to use the powers, so I'm, like, in the dream, it's, like, I keep closing my eyes, and then it gets dark, and then I open them, and he's, like, walking closer. Mm. I know, and I can't, like, it's, like, weird, like, I'm very, like... (sighs) It happens to me sometimes in dreams where it's, like, I'm closing my eyes and opening my eyes, and it's, like, slow blinking, Mm -hmm. so the dark comes slow, and then it, like, opens up again slow. It's very strange. Anyway... I close my eyes, and when I open him again, he's standing right in front of me, and he's smiling. It's creepy. And I don't want him to reach out and touch me because he's got some weird powers that are going to make me not able to leave or something. But instead of running, I close my eyes and try again, and then it worked, I think, because the next part is many, many years later, and it's the girl. I don't think it's me anymore. It's She's the girl again. Um, and Hugh Jackman's there. And they're living in this, like, it's, like, a very strange, like, everything's geometric and -hmm. it's, like, bright colors, like, paint splatter colors in this neighborhood. And Hugh Jackman got married again and he has a son. And the girl is an artist and she's selling artwork to, like, get, to, like, make money and get by. And one piece of art is of their ship that was in space and Gamora (laughs) from Guardians of the Galaxy, who I guess is the girl's mother... Or she's the person who's left in charge of the castle people, Mm -hmm. who Hugh Jackman was in love with at one point. I don't know. Anyway, she's, like, floating outside the spaceship in this picture. And the people have the ship back, and they're heading for a safe haven. But anyway, Hugh Jackman leaves, and the girl thinks for some reason that he's, like, abandoning them. But he comes back later, and that's when he's Robert Downey Jr. And he's driving this, like, bubble-powered ship that he made. And there's, like, bubbles coming out of the engine. And she's happy because it means they're going to go follow the ship. Because I guess apparently the artwork was kind of predicting what is happening. Mm. Like, she's somehow able to sense that that's what's happening to their ship. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go follow the ship, the castle, in this bubble ship. But yeah, there's the sense that they're going to a safe place now. So that's the weird dream I had. Um, and it actually gave me the basis for a sci-fi novel that I'm trying to write. Which is a lot different than What is the Dream?, but some of the elements are the same. But Hugh Jackman's not in that. <laughs> but yeah, that's what that was. And I wasn't in it hardly, except for the scene in the junkyard. Yeah. And then other than that, I was. It was like camera angles, like shot like a film. That happens to me a lot, where my dreams like shot like a film, with angles and weird, dark, back to light, like blinking stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's very strange.
0: I want yeah. that bubble car. Right.
1: <laughs> It was very Treasure planety, like, solar speeder, bubble ship kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Well, let's begin with having a dream that you're not really in. Yeah. So, this thing says, generally, if you're not part of the dream, it means you want to observe the change, but you don't want to be part of the change. So, you're aware of something that needs to change, but you don't want to put in the effort to actually change. It. <laughs> I dream like that a lot. <laughs> Well, stop being so lazy, then. (laughs) Um, A castle in a dream means that you need some space from people or situations in your waking life. My castle literally lifted off of Earth. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) I need space, for sure. You need... You may need to take some time out from your busy schedule and learn to enjoy spending time alone. That's... This when you were at grad school? 2018? Yeah. Yeah. So I was busy, but... I also, it sounds like,
1: it's like you need to learn how to take time for yourself. It's like, all I ever did was be by myself.
0: (laughs) Most of the time was,
1: like, be by myself. Um, But it
0: also can symbolize fairy tale love. Oh. So it's, this thing is asking you, do you expect too much from yourself? Could you use setting more realistic goals to work towards? Do you sit back waiting for your dreams to come true? Whoa. (laughs) You have to take action. Show the universe what you truly desire. Wow. But anyway, um, so there's that. Okay. And then hiding from someone. If you dream of hiding from someone or something, that dream often indicates that you have secrets that you've been hiding and keeping to yourself. So there might be something that you are trying to avoid dealing with Mm. or something that you don't want to address. Which is interesting because that you could tie into the... Like wanting something to change, but you don't want to actually have to do it. Yeah. And maybe like... You don't want to have to address it. You just want it to change, like, on its own without you having to, like, face it, you yeah, know? I feel tr- like those two connect. Yeah, definitely. And then Castle's just there. Castle's just there. Castle's just, like, mm, I don't even some me time. Thank well, it, me. Could have,
1: it could have, it kind of ties in with, like, if the thing that I... 2018 was my end of my first year, going into my second year of grad school. And as much as I enjoyed, like, living in Alaska and learning as much as I did in grad school, I was also very much, like... I am excited to graduate. Yeah. So that maybe was part of it is like, I, and I did miss being in California. So maybe that was also like, I want to graduate so I can come back to mm-hmm. a place where I feel more at home. So, sorry, getting real deep here. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so maybe that's, that's what was going on. And like, mm-hmm. I couldn't change that because I needed to finish this program. Right. So I was. It's something that you can't
0: address. Yeah. There we go. Wow. <laughs> actually weirdly fits it does. pretty well. It does.
1: For a dream about castles and weird wizards in a junkyard, yeah. this let's speak into my life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> huh. Oh, I didn't talk about the junkyard. No, tell
1: me about the junkyard.
0: A dream of a junkyard, which I was surprised was even like a thing. Yeah. Like how often do people dream specifically of junkyard, but, but it says the dream of a junkyard represents your focus or preoccupation with situations or ideas that nobody yep. else cares about. <laughs> Involvement with interests or ideas that are noticeably uninteresting or embarrassing to people you know. <laughs> so. I mean, I do always
1: feel a little bit weird talking about the fact that I'm writing a sci-fi novel. Like, it's specifically YA sci-fi. Because I feel like going to grad school for creative writing, they, they never, like, look down on genre fiction. But I think, I don't know, like, so many people do write sci-fi or genre fiction without having gone to grad school. Mm. that I think whenever I say, like, oh, you went to grad school. Like, are you writing, like, you know. Are you, the next like, American novel. Yeah, are you writing the next American novel? It's like, well, actually. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm having so much fun with it that I honestly, like, with the right crowd, I could talk about it forever. But having a passing conversation with a stranger about, like, what I'm doing with my life, I don't want do to. Would you ever have a passing conversation <laughs> with a stranger? <laughs> you know. <laughs> not in these times, really. But, You're like- so chatty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I avoid Having messy conversations with strangers. Yes. But yeah, that's but like I, I don't, I never, when they ask, like, oh, what do you write? I never bring that up first. Mm-hmm. I bring up um, my thesis project, which was a historical fiction novel, which sounds a bit more artistic, I guess. Yeah. Li- sounds like, more literature like, artistic. Yeah, like
0: prestigious. Yeah. Or yeah,
1: even though I'm having much more fun with the sci-fi one, and I think that one is gonna... Oh, I had too many problems with the story. Anyway, sorry, this is not
0: about my writing, <laughs> but like, but yeah, that's, that maybe makes sense. All right. Did you have one more dream? I do have one more dream. Sweet. I have, it's very short. And I also have an even shorter one line dream. Like oh. one line to represent the dream that I had hinted to you about, but I, yeah, but I never told you exactly what was. Ooh. So I'm let's start ex- with that one. I'm excited. Because there's really nothing to unpack in it. Um, but it was very random. So what day was this? And what month? And in what month? <laughs> <laughs> i love that song actually (laughs) it's good um march 25th of this year um my alarm was ringing like in real life and but i was still in my dream but i heard my alarm Mm. and in my dream and i don't remember like in my dream like the the previous events in my dream but obviously what i'm about to tell you it shows you what was happening in it (laughs) okay but i wish i'd had like i remembered like the full thing yeah so in my dream Adrian said to go check on Scrooge McDuck, who we were cooking, in a big pot on the stove. And so, obviously, my dream was about that. But I actually, like, I turned my alarm off. I got halfway out of bed. Halfway. I got out of bed and went halfway across the room to go to the kitchen before realizing it was a dream. Like, I remember waking up and rationalizing to myself. I was like, oh, I don't want Scrooge McDuck to, like, overcook. And so, I was like... I was halfway out the door, and then I was like, this is a dream. And I remember I was so mad. Like, why did I actually get up out of bed that I went back to bed? (laughs) Because I was like, I don't want to get up early anymore. I literally was just about to walk out into the kitchen to look for Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was so weird. And I've never had a dream, I don't think, that, like, continued like that. Yeah. Like, made me get out of bed and still think that it was real for a second before I actually thought about it. Yeah. But that's Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) <laughs> Don't know why he was in my dream or why we were cooking him, but I do remember. It's like I knew it was Scrooge McDuck, but I visualized like just like a I was to say a rotisserie duck, <laughs> like like a chicken, yeah, in a pot. So it's like we had like defeathered him, like he did not look like Scrooge McDuck anymore, but I knew wow. that it was wow. specifically. We had specifically wanted to eat Scrooge McDuck. Wow. So why do you that. keep killing famous people? Your dreams. I don't know. But here's They're another... both wealthy. Very wealthy. Yes. People. But Scrooge McDuck is Kill the rich. Okay. <laughs> um my my other my actual dream. Yes. Well, yes. Um was December 16th of 2020. And it might have been a nap dream, which is why it was brief. But it's another famous person dream. Oh, no one died this time. That's And right. it's also not a stress dream. That's so true. I had a dream that I lived next door to Merrill Street. And I lived in Rhode Island, like, on a fancy, like, in a fancy house, like, by the ocean or something. And I was convinced that it was her. Like, I had no actual proof that she lived next to me. <laughs> but I was convinced that it was her because I had heard on a Stephen Colbert interview in my dream that she lived in Rhode Island. And she was mentioning about having to talk, like, over the noise of the ocean. Like, it was a Zoom interview. And, like, he was saying how he could hear the ocean through her Zoom thing. And Mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, I live by the ocean. And I was like... I live by the ocean. (laughs) So I was convinced it was her house. So then I was on the beach um, and I was walking on the beach every night specifically because I was like, one of these days, you know how like when you walk by houses at night and they have a lamp on like you can see into it. So I was like, I'm gonna look in and I'm gonna see Merle Streep there one of these days. (laughs) And so I walked past one evening and a person like the curtain was open and like the kitchen table was like right there by the window facing the ocean. And I saw a person sitting at a table facing the window but the laptop was like like oh. covering their face, but I could see like them, you know, like I knew someone was there and they had blonde hair. So I was like, that's her. <laughs> and so then I went home and I was like, conv- I was like, that's her. Oh my God. Like, what are the odds that I live next to Meryl Streep? <laughs> and so, cause this dream was, yeah, this dream was December 16th. So I was trying to figure out if I should send her a Christmas card. <laughs> and I, my dream, like I was so I wrote out like 7 different Christmas cards <laughs> trying to figure out like what exactly I wanted to say and then I was like do I put it in her mailbox <laughs> Or do I mail it? Even though it's it's like, I know her address. It's right next to me. Mailing it is less creepy. True. (laughs) But it was like this whole thing about like, do I like, what kind of Christmas card does she want? What do I write in it? Because I was convinced that was like my only chance to ever talk to her. (laughs) And then I was like, maybe she'll invite me over or she'll write me back a Christmas card. (laughs) And it was this whole thing based on the interview that I saw and seeing an outline of a blonde person in the window with their... Like it, it was framed almost like she was doing the interview that I'd watched oh. like as I walked past her house. Oh. I was like, there she is on Zoom. <laughs> like, with her laptop, like, with the background. It was very odd. Yeah. And so that was my dream. And then I remember towards the like the very end of it, I was, like, calling you and, like, a couple other people, like, trying to get your opinion on it, and no one believed me that it was Meryl Streep with <laughs> my neighbor. Aww. And so you were like, you know, maybe just write a generic card and see if she sends one back with her name on it or something, mm. because you don't know for sure that it was her. And I was, like, so irritated that no one believed me that well, I live next also, to Meryl
1: Street. I think that's also solid advice, though, because it's, like, even if you know for sure that's her, you should send a generic one, so that way if she ever is, like, why the heck did this person send it, you could say, oh, I put them in all the mailboxes on the street to say mm. hi to my neighbors. You know. So it's more not subtle. That, yeah, more subtle. Or it's like, oh, I sent it to the wrong house by accident. Like you could mess up the, the like the envelope front mm-hmm. a little bit. So like it got delivered to the wrong house and then you have a chance to talk to her. Sorry. I should not be giving these tips on how to like stalk someone. <laughs> um I've never done any of this. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm If you're just gonna saying, do this.
0: I would like to one live. On the beach in a fancy house in Rhode Island, and yes. two live next to Merle Street. So when I woke, and I remember I woke up and I was like convinced, like I I woke up and I was like I live next to Meryl Street, and then like one minute later I was like, wait, that's a dream. That <laughs> was very sad. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, that's, like, one of the few non-stress dreams I've had in a long time that I remember. And I don't know if that was because it was a nap thing, where, like, I didn't then transition into, like, a stressful dream that I remembered more or something. Right. Because it was, like, a short period of time. Yeah. So that's my famous person dream.
1: All right. So for the interpretation, I actually found an entry for Meryl Streep. (laughs) Not, not even joking. Welcome. She represents success, womanhood, the idea of having it all. Hell yeah, she Hell does. Yeah. So there we go. Okay, I first love off. That for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then for beach, generally a landscape viewed in the daytime, the beach portrays consciousness as it meets the shoreline of the unconscious. As a symbol of water, it represents emotions and feelings. What happens on this beach will offer clues as to how you are integrating unconscious information into consciousness.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Well, I was walking by trying to spy on her at night, so... So you're trying to spy on success
1: and (laughs) womanhood and having it all. Yes. (laughs) You're trying to figure that out. I'm trying
0: to integrate those values into my subconscious. <laughs> um,
1: and then as, there's if you send a Christmas card in your dream, it's possible you're reaching out to a loved one or reconnecting with an old friend or work colleague in your waking hours. Christmas cards are also symbolic of forgiveness. So perhaps you want to let someone know you forgive them or are hoping they will forgive you. Ooh. So what did you do to Meryl Streep? <laughs> Why does she need to forgive you? <laughs>
0: I've done nothing but admire her for years. (laughs) That's interesting. I like that, though. Yeah. That makes sense. Like a Christmas card, it's like the end of the year, like wanting to reconnect with yeah
1: someone or something. Wanting to maybe right or wrong or or hope that a wrong someone has done to you mm-hmm. will be apologized for or something. Yeah.
0: All right. I can't think of what that might be, but maybe this Christmas, I'll <laughs> <be here. laughs> maybe this Christmas I'll take a nap and have a dream that I live with Meryl Streep yeah. in her house, and it'll, it'll, she'll be like, "Thank
1: you so much for this Christmas." Yes. Card. You'll just have like a dreaming
0: like part too, like <laughs> once a year, every. December December 16th I'll have a continuation of this dream. Maybe Meryl Streep had a dream about receiving a Christmas
1: card from someone named Emma and she's like that's weird I don't know an Emma, well I know like Emma Thompson but maybe you're secretly communicating with Meryl Streep via Christmas cards in your dreams. Every December 16th. Every September 16th. Mark your calendars folks we'll yep. give you the update
0: <laughs> yes. on what Meryl I'll be sure say. to
1: keep you posted. <laughs> Meryl Streep if you're listening you're about to get a Christmas card. <laughs> All right. I have two more dreams I can talk about. They're longer a bit. Um, I'm going to start with the more recent one, which was in 2021. In January. January of
0: 2021.
1: January 19th, 2021. Um, That's
0: very recent.
1: Yeah. I know. Oh, wait. I had a more recent one on my phone. I'm looking at the notes on my computer right now. I, I technically have three I could talk about. Meh. Okay. Um, But this one was more... Okay, that's that's another thing. When I have these vivid, stressful dreams, not only sometimes am I not super stressed when I wake up, but I'm also sometimes not really that stressed in the dream itself. Mm -hmm. Like, there's that sense, like you said, that like, I'm gonna make it through this, and Mm -hmm. it's okay. This was kind of like that. It's titled as my laser tag dream, because (laughs) it was kind of about laser tag. But I think it mostly was because... My brother is playing Call of Duty Cold War, I think, and they have a, like, it's like an online thing, and I, I, like, I think we talked about this in the video game episode, like, I'm not generally a fan of, like, war games where you just, like, go shoot people. Yeah. But there's a version of this game, it's like a, a separate game within the game, or a separate version of it, but it's called Prop Hunt, and Mm -hmm. what happens is there's two teams, and one team starts off the round as props. Like, they're a mailbox, or a telephone booth, or a trash can. Or a Christmas or, card. Or a Christmas card! <laughs> Actually, there was, it was, during Christmas, they did have a Christmas tree, and, like, a snowman, <laughs> and a wreath. I love um, that that's, like,
0: themed like that. Yeah,
1: it was, and there was, like, a whole themed map where it was, like, Christmas, it was, like, a weird, like, um, like, mannequin, what do they call it? Like, the nuke, it was called Nuketown, I think, because mm. it was, like, those fake towns with the mannequins that they set up to, like, practice nuclear bomb testing it. Mm-hmm. Um So it was, like, that, but, like, Christmas decorated. And then there's, like, a mall, there's, like, different maps and then there's different props you can be on each map. And then in one of them, in the cartel map, you can be like a chicken. So that's kind of fun. But anyway, so I like watching him play that. Because the the first team who are props, they go and hide. And the other team has to go shoot them all and find them. Um, so they have to, like, shoot. They're shooting inanimate objects the whole time trying to find the ones that aren't fake. Like, the ones that aren't part of the map. So I loved watching him play this. Although I thought it was much too stressful for me to play personally. Because it's also one of those that are, like, live with, like, internet people. Yeah. And it's like, I can't, I don't, like, play playing Live where people can judge how poorly I'm playing. <laughs> but I would often like tell my brother, like, where to hide. It's like, okay, you're an orange cone, go over there with the other orange, you know, and I was like, we we're talking and like having fun. Anyway, so I we had I was watching him play that a couple weeks before the stream, and I think that's where this dream came from because it begins. In a mall, which is one of the maps in this game. And it's our local mall, which is one story and, like, very... Tiny. Tiny. And it's got those, like, pale brown, like, reflective floors. And then, like, the pale walls. It all looks like a weird, like, beige. So, yeah. But it's all... This one in the dream was a lot bigger and it was a lot more curvier. And then it it had, like, multiple, like, fountains where, like, it's, like, the weird, like, blue fountains where you can toss coins and stuff and there's like little like benches and like big huge like things of like planters with plants in it. So anyway, it starts off in a mall and we're trying I was like on a team of people with like laser guns in holsters and we're trying to evacuate the mall because there are invisible enemies. That could appear at any moment. And one touch will kill you. So, yeah. That was part was a little bit stressful. But, uh, yeah. And we have these, like, laser guns. Like, they're literally, like, laser tag pistols mm-hmm. hooked up to a holster. Even with the little, like, the cord phones have, like, the, cor- the curly cords. Mm-hmm. They have those. So, anyway, I'm, like, trying to get people out of there. But I'm not, like, I keep, like, objectively, I remember even thinking in the dream. It's like, I should be very freaked out about these invisible people. Uh-huh. But I was, like... You can't know when they're going to appear. You can't combat that. So don't worry about it. So don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the weirdest thing. So I was like, okay. And so then I was, yeah, so I'm walking through this mall. And for whatever reason, like, I just, I decided to shoot at the water in the water fountain. Like, I went, okay, I went through the water and stood on this, like, weird, like, planter in the middle of it. And then I shot the water with the laser gun. And it turned to acid. So it was like a way to like protect myself from the invisible people, I guess. So that happened. And then there was one part of the dream where I was like running from a giant T-Rex. Like, think the T-Rex from Meet the Robinsons. Like, he's, like, orange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was like that. And this is when it started to feel more like prop hunt, like a video game. Because, like, he had targets. Like, one on his chest and then, like, one on his... Like, Buzz Lightyear Astral Blasters. Like, the little targets that light up. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to shoot him with the laser gun as I was running. And then he kept, like, pausing to, like, bounce back and forth a little bit like a video game character does. And I would use that time to get ahead of him. And then I, like, went through, like, this weird tunnel section of the mall that, like, connected, like, one section of the mall to a different building. And he like stops in the tunnel because he can't get through the tunnel. So I'd like, that was like where I was supposed to lead him. Like the, the screen like shifted to like accommodate the new viewpoint of this. It was weird. But then, um yeah, and then I collapsed the tunnel on top of him and I think he died and I felt a little bit bad because he was a little cartoon, he was like a big cartoon T-Rex, not like a scary Jurassic Park kind. Right. But that happened and then I was running in a different part of the mall after I would killed a bunch of the invisible people in the water. Like I had gotten a couple of them and then I ran from that part because I thought if any of you invisible people saw me that I killed a bunch of invisible people I would be in trouble and they wouldn't fall for the same trick twice Mm -hmm. kind of thing so I ran and then there was one that was chasing me and I was trying to like I'd already somehow I'd lost the gun and I was trying to like pull a knife out of my boot but I tripped and then the hand like landed on my arm and then the next thing I know so I'm dead right Mm -hmm. but the next thing I know I'm standing at a bar having drinks with like my team And the other team were the people who were the monsters in the game. Mm. So it was, like, some weird, like, internet thing that, like, once we were in it, I had forgotten it wasn't real. real. Yeah. So that was very strange. But I think I might have woken up and fallen asleep again, but I went right back into this dream. It was a different, like, level where we were—it was a haunted house. And the people were still invisible, but when they got close enough, like, they would appear randomly wherever— But when they got close enough, you could see what kind of monster they were. And it, like, so there was, like, you know, zombies and stuff like that. But I'm, like, it's, like, this huge haunted house, vaguely (laughs) Scooby-Doo-ish. And I'm running around, and... The, most, the worst monster that was there was you would hear a shriek, kind of like the train whistle scream in Harry Potter. That kind of Ugh. scream. Yeah, kind of like that. And then this woman appeared. She's wearing, like, she had this, like, long white blonde hair that would go, like, down, like, almost to her knees, kind of. Mm-hmm. She was wearing this, like, white grungy, zombie kind of looking nightgown with blood on it. And, like, she had these huge eyes. And then where her, like, the bottom half of her jaw was missing. And she had these sharp, like, long needle teeth that just, like, extended, like, almost down to her chest. Yeah, it was awful. But she was, like, this banshee person. And I was running from her specifically because... I don't know, that just, that monster really freaked me out. So I wasn't doing a very good job of like participating in this game this time. And I, I ended up outside of the haunted house in like the weird garden area. And it was dark out, like the sky was stormy. And I get under this tarp And I, like, pull it up over, like, by my eyes. And I had my arms over my head, kind of, to make it look like I had, like, fallen. And, like, the tarp was pulled over me because I was trying to make it seem like I was dead. And through the tarp, I could see, like, lightning lighting up the sky. And I kept hearing screaming and people's footsteps running past me. Like, the banshee shrieking. She was getting closer and closer. And this was the part where I was, like, half waking up. Because also how I sleep is with my arms, like, by my head. Like, well I'm on my back with my arms, like, up by my head. And my blanket is usually pulled up, like, by my chin. So it was, like, kind of exactly what was happening in the dream. Mm -hmm. So I was half seeing the window above my bed. And then, like, I would fall back into the dream. And then it was, like, lightning in the sky. And then, like, in and out of that. And it was really creepy because I was, like, waking up in the middle of this. And the Banshee was shrieking and, Yeah. That was my laser tag dream, and I had the the sense that I had had this dream before. Like in the dream, mm-hmm. I was like, I've done this before, but I have never had that dream before because I don't remember the banshee or the T Rex or any of that. <laughs> yeah, and I've never dreamed about a mall either. So yeah.
0: Okay, so, having a dream set in a mall is an indication of positive aspects and features. Oh. It is primarily related to decision-making skills, how you make choices in life, and how you set preferences. And it can reflect the feeling of having too many choices, which might be an indicator of one's carelessness. (laughs) Why is this dream dictionary just dragging me? (laughs) It's
1: really funny. Um, But then
0: it also says it can represent, like, a search for roles or beliefs or ideas. Oh. Like trying to fi- like an identity kind of thing, like oh. trying to figure out who you are. Gotcha. Then a T Rex <laughs> is connected to an immeasurable and incomparable amount of fear that you do not wish to overcome in your waking life. Wow! Even a cartoon one? Well, I mean, it doesn't specify that. Okay. But it says if you saw a T Rex in your dream, then you may encounter something in waking life that is providing difficulty for you. And then a banshee, yeah, is an indication that something is forbidden someone is wasting your time and stealing your energy or ideas or it hints that your commitment to some important life decision has been made and you're second guessing it oi so it in it, it's weird it can like be a like a metaphor for like new like ambition or something mm-hmm. or it can be like something's like stealing like the opposite i guess like stealing all of your like energy and wow i mean know. i had this dream while i was working at a
1: job i did not particularly like working <laughs> at <laughs> true <laughs> So there's that.
0: There's that. Hmm. So ponder that. <laughs> and then having lasers in your dreams ah oh. can symbolize clarity and truth. They point a straight path that will lead you where you need to be. And it suggests that you need your focus and attention to concentrate on one task at a time. But then it says consider how the laser is used in the dream to get hints on in what areas you need to focus your attention on. I mean, I used it to turn water into acid to make a trap. So, So, I need to drink more water. (laughs) (laughs) You need to stay hydrated. Yeah, I do.
1: Yes, you do. I do not drink enough water. Um you drink much more water than I do.
0: So, there's that. Well, I do feel like in general your the interpretations for your dreams are roasting you. Yeah. Which is funny cuz like a lot of mine, yeah, like yours are more
1: in general more negative. Yeah, and then mine are just like But then like it's like despite
0: ones. the neg- the <laughs> stress, it's like, yeah, providing you clarity or something. <laughs> and then it's like Yeah, And it's like
1: mine are like you need to check yourself. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sort out your priorities.
1: (laughs) Alright, I have one last dream. Um, I'm going to save the other one for when we do this next time. Because there's a lot to it. This one is a bit simpler in terms of, like, I can tell where aspects of it came from. Mm. I'm also going to name drop some of our friends. um, Shout out! Shout out! Sierra, you were in my dreams. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this happened March 24th of this year. Oh, wow. Very, very recently. It's probably my most recent dream that I remember. So... It was me and you and your husband, Adrian, and then our theater friends, Teddy and Seska. And we were with other theater people. It was a big group, but the ones I just named are the only ones that like headlines, I guess, in the dream. Um, but there's a group of people and we leap off of this green hilly cliff into a river because we we're trying to hide from people. People were chasing us and we knew who they were, even though... They hadn't really gotten close close enough for us to see them. We're in some weird, like, forest thing. I probably should have started there. We're (laughs) in a weird forest thing. And people were chasing us, and we, they're, like, in the bushes, and we can hear them coming, kind of thing. And it wasn't quite me. Like, I didn't look like me, but it was me. And I gave a quick speech to convince everyone in the group that we needed to jump or we were going to die. Like, even if we died jumping to the river, it's a quicker death than whatever the people who were coming for us had planned. But it was also kind of weird because, to be honest, we were being really loud and, like, People were cracking jokes and stuff for people who were being on the run, Mm. so I don't know what was going on. Anyway, I convinced people to jump by basically pulling a Javert and falling backwards (laughs) into the river first. (laughs) So, in the river, we get swept up in the rapids, kind of like in The Hobbit when they're escaping from Thranduil's home. So... We get swept down the river and then that, that was part of the dream was that it was like when, you know, like you're in a a movie and you get like the camera in the, in the river with the rapids and there's like water. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was like that, all like foamy and stuff. And then we all get, climb out of the river in a darker part of the forest and it's become vaguely like swampy and we, we all stop and listen on the, it's like, it's also for a river. It was like a really big bank with like pebbles and it looked more like a beach and then the forest was on there but we're all standing on the beach and we're listening to see if we've been followed and we hear sounds and I have it in like a motorcycles revving question mark or it was like growling and like crunching leaves or something so we start running but we aren't really good at running together <laughs> we all kind of split up But we're, like, near each other and trying to stay together, but we're running through this swampy area, and the people chasing us are clearly kind of, like, herding us to a specific spot. It's very much like Terminus in The Walking Dead, when Mm. they're getting them to go a certain way. Um, And we can't get away from them, even though we know that we're being led to wherever they want us. And we fall... This time, we do fall down a hill. We did not plan for this. We fall down a hill, and we land in this, like, steamy, oozy circle of, like, swamp water, and there's these, like mucus looking bubbles on the walls like the dirt walls of this weird like pit thing and they look like jellyfish with like no tentacle frond thingies and it's vaguely like the movie annihilation actually see all of these references i'm like i know mm-hmm. where pieces of this dream is coming from anyway we're surrounded everyone's stand like all the people who are chasing us are standing like in a circle around at the top of the bank And we have to line up against the dirt side of the wall. And the leader of the people chasing us is a bald guy that looks vaguely like Ben Kingsley crossed with the guy who played the mummy. Mm. In The Mummy. (laughs) And this swamp ooze has weird healing powers. Which we find out because he cuts his palm and then sticks it against the wall and it heals instantly. Um, so somehow he knows that I'm the leader of our weird group. Maybe because they heard me give the speech. And maybe because I was the one who was yelling at people to like, go this way, run this way. I don't know. Because I, I don't know why I was the leader. But <laughs> I was, I guess. And then, so he's like monologuing at me. And he wanted info from us but he doesn't think we'll tell him. So he holds out the knife to me and gestures to my hand like he wants me to stab my own hand. And I don't know if there was some kind of weird, like, magic compulsion involved or if I just knew that if I didn't do it, he'd hurt someone else. Or maybe I was just being stubborn because I was like, I'm not afraid of you. So if you're telling me to stab my hand, I'm going to stab my hand and I'm not going to flinch. Or some kind of weird all three. So I cut, I didn't stab my hand, but I cut the pads of three of my fingers open.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) And then the blood drips. There's a bit swan over here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, like, blood dripped into the water, and then my skin healed up immediately. And so he made it clear he was going to keep hurting us and healing us until we told him what he what he needed to know, which is psychotic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they started to drag us out of the swamp to take us somewhere safe, but that's also when I kind of woke up. And then... I fell back asleep and re-entered the dream. So we're at a second location, which was a weird warehouse or an abandoned like Walmart store. It was hard to tell. But we were prisoners there, but we were also kind of working for him now. It was like Rick and Negan, like that kind of thing. Um, and we were talking about escaping, but we were mostly wandering around the building because his hench people kept like, telling us to go get random parts motorcycles or to gather gear for some weird thing and then we went towards like the back of the store and this is when mitchell from modern family randomly showed up (laughs) he was like in there and i think he was like a member of our group somehow but he was like kind of saying like it's maybe it's not so bad like it could be worse like maybe we'll be fine i was like mitchell (laughs) what are you doing um and then also there were these weird like they had like part of the store was like turned into like a weird like stables situation and they had these bandersnatch type animals like white furry like, the Bandersnatch from Alice in Wonderland with Mia Wazakowski. Like, that's what they look like. Um, and that might have been what they were chasing us on, or... I don't know. We were gonna use them to escape, but it backfired, and I think... I think we ended up turning into the Walking Dead characters. Like, we weren't mm. us anymore, we were them. And when we tried to escape with the Bandersnatch animals, Herschel got killed. <laughs> well, no, I know. Never. Again. I know. So whoever was Herschel in our group died. Anyway, once we were the Walking Dead characters, I stopped being a character, and I was a camera again, and I was following around the people who'd been captured, and most of the time it was Rick that I was following, but there was a big group, and then the Ben Kingsley mummy man killed Herschel, and then once Rick... Heard about it, he went back, found the rest of the group, and he felt guilty because he hadn't done anything about it. And then so like they're debating, everyone like he goes back to the group and we're like in the back of the store where the hench people can't find us, and we're talking they're talking about like what they're gonna do about this, and then someone says, Your brother's gone, and Rick realizes that Daryl is not in the room anymore. So Daryl's gone after the mummy man, but then he realizes the person that said it was Negan, and he's like, You're still alive. <laughs> So I guess they were there the whole time. Anyway, Rick leaves to find Daryl and then that's when I woke up. And this was probably because The Walking Dead, the new episodes were just coming back out. And we had also just done our Walking Dead episode recorded. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where that came from. I don't know why Ben Kingsley and the Mummy showed up. And I'm not sure why Annihilation stuff did either, because I did used to teach that book in my class, but I haven't read it in, like, a year now. So, I don't know. And I did catch a bit of The Hobbit on TV with my dad, so that might have been where the whole river thing happened. But, yeah, that's what was going on in the weird swamp walking dead dream that I had.
0: Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, with Bandersnatches. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. There's so many different things combined into that. So, rivers in dreams are a symbol of our emotions and our current emotional state. So the details of the dream, the details of the river could describe how you are emotionally.
1: Oh, well, there were rapids.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: so. I'm drowning in emotions. Because it's saying, for example,
0: if the water was fast, the drinker could feel you're feeling anxious, disturbed, or overwhelmed. Oh, okay. Um, and then dreams about rivers often indicate some negative event, which might bring some confusion and uncertainty in your life, but will be a short-lived one. Hmm. And then swamps. To dream of a swamp suggests a need for more control in your life (laughs) so that self-assurance may be reconditioned. I'm Um, being
1: roasted again.
0: Yes. So, (laughs) you should protect yourself or beware of people that are about to harm you. A dream about a swamp could portend large, unpleasant events. Hmm. A limited swamp means that some financial problems are coming your way. No! (laughs) So, that's not really a good thing.
1: Yeah. It was a limited swamp, too. It was more forest than swamp. swamp. It was just the one round swamp full of healing mucus jellyfish, so... But
0: of course. But of course. Oh, Um, we should look up jellyfish. Oh, I should look up jellyfish. But a dream about having, like, a wound or a cut on your hand... Yeah. ...shows that you cannot reconnect physically with someone due to trauma. Oh. This dream arises for you to try to solve this problem. And if you don't complete it, this will prevent it in the next new relationship. Oh, my God. But that's from dreamchrist.com, so... (laughs) Who knows
1: how... I mean, who knows how accurate any of these are. These are the websites we could find that didn't make us download something.
0: Or the first one I saw.
1: That too. (laughs) We also picked the ones on the first.
0: Um, a jellyfish dream denotes a person's aggressive nature. (laughs) Those who have a habit of imposing things on others may dream about jellyfish.
1: Okay, but these were jellyfish without the fronds, and they <laughs> healed people, so I don't know.
0: It's telling you that you need to realize what is bothering you within and prevent and preventing you from expressing yourself. Hmm. So do with that what you will. I got a
1: lot of, like, stuff that I've been pushing down, apparently. Okay, I'm...
0: I think it, yeah, it makes it sound like you're repressing a lot. <laughs> you're repressing some trauma and... Repressing some emotions. Mm-hmm. Not dealing with crisis problems that Mm -hmm. I have
1: that I'm just you want change to happen
0: but you don't want to go make it happen yeah
1: (laughs) dang I mean but if but if I deal with all this I'm gonna stop having really cool dreams so
0: true (laughs) pros and cons pros and
1: cons do I fix my life or fix my dreams (laughs) (laughs) true (laughs) yeah there's that there's that I really enjoy talking about dreams and hearing how people's dreams, like, are different in terms of, like, the conventions and, like, the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, t- whenever, like, I talked to my younger brother about dreams, and he told me, he doesn't dream that often, or like you, he doesn't remember them, but he told me once that he had a really vivid dream once where he, it was, like, a video game, like, he was, like, fighting in a group, in a video game on a battlefield, and then he felt himself starting to wake up, so all of a sudden there was, like, the save screen, and it was, like, save your progress, yes, no, and so he clicked yes, And then the next night, when he was falling asleep, the screen came up and was like, continue, save progress? That's
0: creepy. Right? That's
1: so nuts. It's like Jumanji. Yeah! And he said, yeah, he said it did it for a couple nights, and then he didn't it didn't happen again. But, yeah. I
0: would be very creeped out by that if that happened to me.
1: I know. I think it's really cool, but I mean, yeah, that is strange that, like, he's dreaming in video games, I dream in, like, film, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. It's weird. And then, like, when you, like, if we haven't even talked about, like, lucid dreaming. Not really. When you, like, realize you're in a dream so you're like, I want to go learn how to fly.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, I
1: can't ever do that, but I can at least manipulate sometimes in the dream, like,
0: yeah,
1: what's going on. Like, instinctually, like, if I think hard enough that he's not going to catch me when he's chasing me, he won't catch me. But yeah, I think more recently, like, if I realize what's going on and I'm not actually terrified, I'm like, let's let this dream play out. I need some, yeah. I need some story material. <laughs> let's see what happens here. I need to uh, be entertained. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a weird, like, entertainment thing. It's not like...
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although, whenever I have nightmares about spiders, it always jolts me awake, and it's not something... I cannot control spider dreams. Mm. They just always leap at me. Yeah,
0: I can't control my reoccurring stress dreams, either. Yeah. But a lot of the other ones, like, even if they are stressful, like the creepy ones I talked about... Yeah. Like, I still am like, mm, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And action, brain. See what... Let's go. Yeah. Let's see what you can do.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of like Choose Your Own Adventure.
1: A little bit. Choose Your Own Adventure, I always those books always gave me headaches because I never wanted to not know what the other possibility was. Mm. So I would like I'd have my finger on the page that gave you the choice, and then I'd check both choices. Of course you would. Yes, and I did that for every single choice. So <laughs> I, it would give me headaches because I was like keeping these multiple storylines in my head, and I was like, where am I going to? I want to get out of this alive kind of thing. Because I usually read the Goosebumps ones that are like... but
0: anyway well if you have any dreams that you can share in the character limit on twitter yes (laughs) we would love to hear it
1: yeah or if i love hearing
0: about like weird dreams
1: or if you know like dream resources that talk about some of the stuff we've talked about like lucid dreaming or not being a person in your dream but being a weird camera angle lens thing Mm -hmm. any cool dream science information let us know We will definitely use it for our next episode, but also just in our daily lives because it's cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's our jam this week. Thank you for listening.